Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. This is Season 1, Episode 18, titled Tribe, Ritual, and Debt. This episode is Part 2 of Episode 17. My friend Jay from the Condo to Compound blogspot.com blog and I pick up on our conversation about a number of topics including Small Scale Life Blog's first anniversary, tribes and rituals, debt, budgeting, visual of a rural life, and learning skills. Jay had a lot to say in this podcast and he had a number of excellent quotes that I'll be carrying forward in the future. One of my favorites from this podcast is, if you're not really making it a ritual and it is routine, you don't have a point. Ritual makes you consistent. This ties directly in with the Healthy Lifestyle podcast episode number seven with Kevin Geary. And I am doing a lot of thinking about next steps in my weight loss journey and small scale life. There's a lot of good stuff coming and we'll have more on that later. I would like to remind you to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. If you like it, let us know. We appreciate you listening to the Small Scale Life and Healthy Lifestyle podcast, and your views let us and others know it. Thanks again for listening. Before we get started with the podcast today, I'd like to talk about friends of the Small Scale Life podcast. Our friend Jason Dolan is telling his story as he transitions from an urban suburban life to starting a homestead in the country. He's doing this on his blog, condo2compound.blogspot.com. In this blog, Jason is taking us on his journey through his thoughts, ideas, plans, and actions. We'll see and learn firsthand as he shares his progress, successes, and failures. So if you're thinking about moving out to the city and starting your own rural home or homestead, check out Jason's story at condotocompound.blogspot.com. Friend number two of the Small Scale Life podcast is Drew Sample and Scott Hebert at thesamplehour.com. Drew and Scott's weekly podcast is all about the successes and failures with their urban farming operations in Canada and Ohio. Their podcast is called Failing Forward, the Profitable Urban Farming Podcast. They discuss what they have completed, what is and isn't working, and what they plan to accomplish over the following week on their urban farms. They talk, they laugh, they sing, and they take their shirts off, whatever they need to do to fail forward and win at life. And finally, we have local author Aaron Clary from CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. He has just released a new book titled Reconnaissance Man. In this book, Aaron recommends that young men and women take time after high school to explore the country, find out who they are, where they belong, and what they want out of life. Become a reconnaissance man or woman. It's easier, much more fun, and it's how life was meant to be lived. This book is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Now, without further delay, here is the Small Scale Life Podcast. This is part two of the Small Scale Life, episode 17, all about condo to compound debts, a little bit of uh, where we're going with where we're going from here with my good buddy, Jay. Jay, how you doing today? Pretty good. Good. Pretty good. We had to to split this up into a two part, you know, season episode. So no big deal. Because it was so good. It was so big, so awesome, so huge. 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 <laughs> huge. huge. We had yeah. to split into two parts. 
Yep. So more content for you guys. Um, just as we get going with uh, part two here, um, I did want to say that Small Scale Life, we're two days away, Mr. Dolan, two days away from Small Scale Life, the blog, turning one year old. How cool is that, man? It's pretty cool. Yeah. I remember when the first thing started, I was in the inner circle. I was one of the Small Scale Life elites, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I... <clears throat> I, uh, I remember you starting it out and giving you some advice. I really have no background in the thing. So it was like the blind leading the blind at that point, but got to tell you, man, it's come a long way. You seem to have attracted quite the following and you know, you're giving out some good info. Oh, so. thanks bro. I mean, um, thanks. I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. looking at the analytics just cause it's fun to talk analytics, you're a numbers guy. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're hitting, we can get, up to a couple hundred people a day listening or reading the um, reading the blog post, just depending on subject, of course. Like on Monday, um, I think I had I posted up something on Monday, but I had you know hundred list hundred people on the blog, and uh, some of the best articles so far are vertical gardening. So, um, you know, it really tells me that the direction for the winter. I mean, the winter, I'm really looking to kind of restart some things and get right down to basics and start producing content that's how to do this where do we start um how do you start planning it how do you start building it how do you start working on your soil and just getting down to the basics you know and uh the podcast has been great i mean we uh, we just topped today we hit over 3200 downloads uh that's uh total downloads and and about 2500 of those are unique so um, that's great, you know. I, I never expected yeah. to be there with 17 shows of Small Scale Life and about six shows of uh, of the Healthy Lifestyle podcast. I think that's great, you know. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. And then there's six episodes that are still on SoundCloud uh, that I have not migrated over yet. So there's still some content out there that I can pull over. Um, and just, you know, not not to make everybody's eyes glaze over, but... I invested in new technology here, so this podcast is we're we're right at ground zero, man, and we're gonna really take off now. We've got I've got new mics, I've got a new computer, I've got a mixer, I've got all kinds of stuff, um, and I'm really looking forward to that because uh, just the old way with headphones and everything that just things got lost and it just yeah this is gonna open up a whole new world of possibilities. So hopefully to do what Drew Sample just did with his uh, with with the Hillbilly Crew in Ohio. Uh, to have some stuff on the road, you know, and, and to have more than one mic and, you know, be able to interview people uh, out in the field. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to, this year is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And uh, another thing that, uh, you know, this has been a good week. I just did a recording with Drew about the Healthy Lifestyle podcast. Um, and mentally, I feel like I'm in a good spot for some reason this week. I don't know if it's the colors or being yeah. outside or I'm just confident about, I'm excited about where we're going, not only with um, our decisions, where we're going to live next year, starting next year, um, starting to build, work towards our dream, you know, our, our plan, and put things in motion. Um, also, this podcast and this blog, you know, get things going there. Uh, just there's a lot of things that are looking up, and I'm pretty excited about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. I mean, it's good to see some the the fruits of your labor. Um, you know, the fruits of your labor coming in and coming to fruition. I, when it when it when it when you're finally able to 
you know, we talk about gardening and stuff, but when you're finally able to harvest that, you finally get, um, you know, you start to see those, those unique downloads. You start to see people actually doing your stuff. You know, at some point you're going to be seeing people, um, you'll be seeing people using your system or, you know, taking your advice and things like that. I know I've recommended people that way, but once you start to build that something that's a little more long lasting, not that those things aren't, but you know, segueing right into that community thing, once you start to build that community and build those connections and you're kind of doing that from what we've talked about, you know, um, off the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And we just, uh, you know, Drew and I were just talking about his, uh, October weekend and where this community of Ohio farmers came together with a couple people from Wyoming and Canada and, and some other places. But, you know, they, they're developing their own little um, group, you know, their, their group, their community, and, uh, you know, sharing labor, sharing resources, helping each other out when they need it. You know, um, that really got me excited and, and you know, something that I'm going to start implementing now that we're a year old and we got some followers and everything i've got a few forums and things we need to it's time to get out and meet some people you know and uh yeah start to build the community not only here but where we're going you know if i'm on the road somewhere maybe going and visiting a farm or two i think that'd be a lot of fun yeah definitely and i mean how how is he supposed to get the, the internet podcasting YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff is great. But unless you're actually out there doing it, that's turned into sort of the main way to do things. And with what we're trying to accomplish, those should just be tools. Yep. You're not always going to do things with a shovel. Right. You don't always need a shovel. Sometimes you need to get in there and lift something or, Mm -hmm. you know, get a pair of shears and do something else. Those are just tools. And I think that it's, it's created a dependency on the addiction to information and the saturation of that information that it's been an overload and there's no point in having that much when you're not even considering doing half of the things that you're learning about, you know? So unless you're out there actually building that group, you know, building that community and frankly, the tribe is a great thing. I'm reading a book. Let me uh, get the exact title for you. I think we might've talked about it in part one. Um, before the cliffhanger that we created, um, <laughs> it's by John Mosby and the book is called forging the hero oh, and yeah. it's made by Warhammer six press, um, out of Idaho falls, Idaho. Mm. And, um, Mosby's a special operator, you know, and kind of moved out to the mountains and just sort of has created his own network of people. And we kind of spoke about that in part one, but, um, he kind of mentioned the fact that you, you need to get out and actually build the community. And I was looking through, I checked my mail today and there was the usual, the bills and the mm-hmm. flyers and the, everything. And there was a catalog for Reebok, the athletic apparel. Hmm. And the, the the one of the pages on the inside, big, bold neon letters and these like two women working out and, you know, getting, getting ripped and dudes doing the same thing in this CrossFit gym. And it said tribe above it. Really? So congratulations. One of our words that we thought was cool and hip has now been co-opted by a shoe sell, you know, (laughs) an athletic apparel company, which is fine. I mean, it is what it is. They're going to use the word. They're going to sell things because they want people to feel like they belong to something at $99.99 a pair. But what what your goal needs to be is to build a group of people that you can trust, say you were to leave on vacation. 
your gardening is successful, you've got a great business, and maybe you're close by a family with a couple of 16, 17, 18-year-olds that you can trust, a couple of hardworking kids. You say, hey, um, can I trust you guys to turn on the water at this time, turn off the water at this time, and go and check up on the store? Can I trust the person two houses down from you to watch your house yep. when you leave to go somewhere? You know, keep an eye out. Oh, that car, you know, that car looks looks odd, you mm-hmm. know. Or if you need, you know, <clears throat> somebody somebody just drops by, hey, man, we, I don't know, uh, you know, we're going to slaughter a cow. You know, we, uh, you want in on it, it'll be this much, you know, and then, or they cut you a deal and then come time for the 4th of July cookout, you know, you've got meats packaged up and maybe you make meat or you, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know, whatever the bartering system. And we've discussed this before, but I think, I I think that the actual human interaction has only, has, has really, really atrophied over the last five years, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I mean, mean, everybody is staring at their cell phone and, you know, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I'm, putting up stuff on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and and will be putting up more on YouTube now that I have this new computer. It's not going to take me 50 minutes just to unpack a video and try to edit sure. it, you know? Sure. Um, but we're all kind of in our own little bubble, you know? And um, it's easy. It's really easy. And I, I, I'm putting stuff out there. You know about me, but is that the real you or is that just what you want people to know? And right. um, who's got your back? You know, who's got who, who's going to help you out if you got to put in a bunch of fence posts and, and you know, you, you suddenly hurt your leg, you know, or or like you said, that Jack Spirko's run into this where he's down in on his farm, nine mile farm down in Texas near the Dallas Fort Worth area. And he's running a podcast. He's got his ducks. He's now he's got turkeys. He's got a fish. And he's going to go on vacation with his wife, Donna. And, you know, who's going to watch all that? There's nobody home, you know, and um, they can hire somebody, but it, it they probably need to hire somebody. But, um, you know, you, you got to trust somebody, you know, trust somebody with the animals. That's your that's your livelihood right there. You know? Yeah. So yep. it's important. And, and that's what I saw. It, it got me excited. And this this podcast will be tied directly in with help. Episode six with Drew because we were talking about the community aspects of this and, and, you know, you can see it in the pictures, um, uh, with nature's image farm, uh, Greg Burns. Um, he's got a lot of pictures out there of this whole thing. And it was more than just, Oh, we're going to go slaughter a bunch of hogs and do that thing. It's getting in touch with the old ways and doing some ritual and, you know, saying a little prayer of thanks before they start butchering and, and being a community. Um, so that's all the elements that, uh, we might be haven't talked before, but, um, you know, coming together, a bunch of guys and people coming together, having some ritual to it, a little um, ceremony to it, and then getting into the work, you know, and uh, everybody sharing in that learning skills um, and then having some great food and, and drink and celebrating the life. I mean, as Jack Spurko says, the worst day the livestock is going to have is one, it's one second you know, otherwise they've had a great life and really a, a really good life foraging in the woods and the fields and, and doing that. But, you know, they have one second and then the work begins. Right. So, right. you know, sharing that with with others, um, that's how things got done. You know, things got done that way back in the day. And, and now we're just we run to McDonald's or Subway and um, pick up our sub, you know, from a sandwich artist 
and uh, then we get back, retreat to our houses as fast as we can, and and uh, then we we'll watch a show about uh, oh, I don't know, the Flash or the um, or or Luke Cage or you know something like that, and then we go to bed and we go to work and we're wash rinse and repeat. You know, <laughs> there's got to be right. more to it than that. I think. Anyway. Well, <clears throat> well, I agree. I kind of discovered that recently. I mean, we you know we're we're kind of just the topics are all over the place, but yeah, I was recently I was recently just kind of. I was, I was out with a, a hamstring injury and talked to a friend of mine who's a Marine recon scout sniper. And he, he, uh, he essentially told me, he said, rehab and recovery is just as important as exercise. And mm. where I'm going with that is we, we've made, we've made everything our, in our lives routine. I think there's a distinct routine difference between a routine and a ritual. You see some of the guys out there, their morning ritual, I mean, right down to their shaving. Yeah. You know, there's a certain type of shaving cream, and you can make it your own. You can do what you're going to do. I, I personally, I do something um, in the morning. I drink licorice root tea and go for a long, lazy, loaded walk. I go for 45 minutes to an hour. I'll listen to an audio book. I'll, um, I'll even, so far as to throw, I, I'm rewatching an old sitcom on, or not a sitcom, but a, an old drama on uh, Netflix and I've been rewatching that cuz it's kind of a just an odd television show Twin Peaks. Oh yeah. And and I'll just uh that's another podcast in and of itself. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh I I will I I've realized that the one of the most important things about doing all this and 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 getting to the point where you have the tribe and the ritual in that community and all those things is that if you're not really making it ritual and it's routine. You don't have a point. Ritual makes you consistent. Yep. It will. It always will. Mm-hmm. And the routine is consistent, but there's no passion in it. I mean, it's like going. It's like going to the gym yeah. and getting on the treadmill. There's a guy on the treadmill running, and there's a guy hitting a heavy bag. One of those things is not like the other. Yes. Nothing against running on the treadmill. I get that. But or there's a guy swimming laps and just trying to do different things in the pool, and then there's somebody just kicking. Yeah, you know, in the pool. <laughs> well, yeah, and. You know what? It, if you mix it up, I mean, you should do something that scares you every day, you mm-hmm. know, but have that ritualistic approach to everything. I just think that our even the things that are supposed to be ritual are routine. So where I was going with the recovery thing is that <clears throat> I have a certain group of stretches that I do now and really focus on what's going on. I've got music going. Mm hmm. I'm by myself. I might be in a gym full of people. There might be cardio bunnies everywhere. There might be, you know, just, I mean, just all kinds of people. And I've made it a ritual and it's corrected the problem that I had and the injury that I got. And I've made it a ritual because when I get out to do the workout and then subsequently the recovery afterwards, I get more out of a 20 minute workout than I ever have in my entire life. Interesting. So the ritual of understanding warm up workout recovery and understanding that equal parts are important is key for anybody. And you're just, I see people stretching and they're just stretching. Well, focus on the deficiencies, get the workout and then recover and focus on that recovery. Like going to bed is a great example. You know, be lazy, be lazy an hour before bed, get a good eight hours of sleep, you know, um, no electronics, no, you know, all that stuff. I've never been so well rested in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because, um, you know, with Drew, uh, he it sounds like he read that article and he's picking that up, too. He's going to kick the cell phone out of his bedroom and, and uh, try to 
get eight hours and two hours before bed, he's going to, you know, detach himself from electronics. So, so hey, see, sharing that article with me, shared it with Drew, and away we go. So, um, and if yep. you want to see that, check out Help Episode 5. There's a link, and I'll have a link in the show notes here, too. But, you know, if a Marine sniper can figure this stuff out, it's probably a pretty good idea to check that out, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, I'll, uh, and you've got it, or I, I can it. link it to you. I got it. Um, the guy's name is Adam Tickner. Yep. And he was on a one season. He was on the second half of one season of a show called The Colony. Pretty cool show. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. I remember yeah. The Colony. Yeah. He was on the second season. He was on the, it was, it took place in New Orleans. Yes. I watched that. Yep. Yeah. And he, uh, if you, if you saw the second half of the season, he was the guy that snuck around. Nobody knew he was there until like, episode eight oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and you want to talk about kind of a connection and community. I emailed the guy out of the blue because he has a blog that is not, not defunct. It's just, it hasn't been, it has, he hasn't posted anything. And you need a blog post there, brother. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be doing some, some progress stuff on uh, what's going on with all that. We, yeah. I, we can, yeah, we can, we can talk about that in a, in a second. The, I'm just the, the interesting thing is he, He's like, yeah, just give me a call. I emailed him. He shot me an email back the next day. He's like, wow. yeah, give me a call. I'm free all day. We can talk about it. I've been doing some of the work that he's been, like the movement work that he's been sending over, you know, and the guy's been a resource for all kinds of information. He said, and I said, well, you know, like, how can I pay you back for this? He's like, you know what? Just share it. Really? Just share. He's not even interested in the likes or anything like that. He's a, he's a, He's a personal trainer. He's a shooting coach. He's um, what else does he do? He's like, he's like a consultant, basically. This is his job. So he's got his. He runs his own business, but he's helping people take it from what he says is tired and wired to actually having energy. That is cool. Yeah, he'd be something. So, he would be someone that would be awesome on the podcast because that's all those things. It's that's interesting stuff right there. I, I'd love to have him on the podcast. That'd be awesome if he'd want to do it. But you know, yeah, hey, I'll I'll talk to him and see what uh, what he thinks. I I wouldn't you know, don't don't hesitate to to shoot him an email too. It's right on there. Right so, on. Yeah, I will do that. I will do that. So, yeah, I, and and when I was talking about ritual. And connecting it with the Hogtoberfest, um, I was saying, I, I guess more like a, it's not religious, but kind of like a, a ceremony, you know, ceremonial thing, rather than you know a ritual as in routine. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. Not, yeah, not that I'm the most religious guy in the world, but it's it's kind of cool, I think. So I, you know, in the old adage you hear from, I don't know, I used to hear it from in my single days, I'm happily spoken for now, but used to hear it from girls all the time. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, and I, I mean, I, I get it. I get where you're going with that, but yeah. you know, it, it can be uplifting. It can be a spiritual experience. I, I'm telling you, I, this turning my life from where it was to this ritualistic behavior, I make a conscious decision to change things yeah. and it's not removing anything. It's merely adjusting and adding things that I know that I need. I know that I need to spend more time stretching. I know that I need to drink more water. I know that I need to stay on a reasonably strict paleo diet with the occasional cheese, rice, uh, whatever. Um, You know, who's going to pass up a good glass of red wine or an IPA? You know, I mean, I get it. But like, it's about feeling better and actually turning in, 
making yourself the best person that you can be. Actually yeah. c- coming to, you know, seeing the fruits of your labor. Absolutely. It's supposed to be good. Yep. yep. So. Did you just compare me to a single girl, by the way? Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. The spiritual I mean, or the I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I mean, I mean, on, I mean, I mean, sorry. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Like, yeah. 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 Don't talk to me. I'm on Instagram. Um. <laughs> You're funny. <clears throat> hey. Oh, God, it's good. So, yeah, I thought that was a good conversation. I, you know, and that's why I'm really looking forward to um, executing our plan because, I already have, uh, there's already people over there that, uh, over in Wisconsin that I've identified or that, you know, I'm taking a look at that running small farming businesses and stuff and that I want to reach out to, you know, and get to know. Right. And uh, we've got family over there and stuff too. And, um, you know, to have this this thing where people want to go, you know, and that you can use, um, you know, provide food or and, and to provide recreation and provide some peace, you know. And, yeah, there's going to be work. I'm not deluding myself with that. But to have a little more than just a postage size yard with a couple of raised beds crammed in there, I'm looking forward to that, you know. Uh, just to stretch my legs and get back into, um, to get into a community that, you know, I can share experiences with and, and make some good connections. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, we were talking a little bit about debt, uh, when we broke off, we had a long, we kind of had a long arc here, but we were talking a little bit about debt, uh, and paying off debt. And, uh, you know, it was pretty alarming. I think where we left off, we were talking about, there's a recent news article saying that seven in 10 Americans couldn't even scrabble up a thousand dollars or don't have a thousand dollars in their bank account right now. And, uh, that's pretty frightening. You know, we've been, um, you know, 9-11 happened, and we were told the next hours afterwards, you know, just if you want to fight terrorism, go consume and, and uh, you know, buy some stuff. I, I That's a problem we've got in this country is we're not saving money. We don't know how to do it. We don't balance a checkbook. We look at a electronic register, and we just kind of go, uh, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, you know, and, and uh, I think we really need to uh, start paying attention to where our money's going and what we're doing. And that's the way you're going to achieve. It's like dieting, you know, you got to take little mini bites and attack it, you know, and especially if you got debt, you got to, you got to attack that and get rid of it as soon as you can. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> that's the biggest thing that, that slows people down and it's been ingrained. Whatever powers that be have ingrained that in our lives that we need this or we need that or we need a new this you know uh, the biggest thing that i've noticed personally and i talked about it a little bit ago but um is the car yeah that car payment mm-hmm. you know people you know oh hey sure we'll, we'll we'll put you in in this 2016 2017 whatever uh i don't know dodge challenger that's the car i want Right. I would love one of those. Sure. Um, payment's going to be $600 a month. Okay. You know, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, I'll have it off. I'll, I'll make double payments. I'll have it paid off in four years, blah, blah, blah. If I gave you $600 a month extra every single month for the next four years, what could you do with it? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It really comes down to that. You know, I mean, we're, we're looking at rent you know where can we cut and you look at renting right now so you look at your rent and you go why are we paying this much money i mean yeah it's a nice neighborhood yeah we're close to lake calhoun and we're close to minneapolis and all that blah 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 but um we're paying for it you know what could you do if you had eight hundred dollars 
in your pocket instead of, you know, slicing your rent, not quite in half, but you know, what could you do with that? You know, right. That's huge. Right. Suddenly, suddenly you change the game and, uh, you go out and you, you, your rent is half that. And, and suddenly you could be out of debt real quick and you could start saving up that down payment in a war chest real quick. You know, if you're not paying that much in, uh, in a crazy monthly rent payment or a mortgage for that matter. Right. You know, we, we keep talking about condo to compound and you moving out and the whole – leaving politics off the table. But the whole flight of middle-class families out to rural areas is uh, – one, it's a real thing. Two, it's – that's your foundation for it. You know, are you, uh, where are you going to get 20 percent of a house that sits on five acres? If you're shelling out $400 – I'll give you an example of what I'm doing – $400 to Wells Fargo who we all know that they're great at managing money and bank accounts clearly by what's going on in the news lately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How you doing CEO hi, over there? Hi, How's I'd that like, working out for you? <laughs> yeah. Hi, a checking account. What's that? Seven. You want seven checking accounts? Yeah. Great. Okay. So $400 to Wells Fargo for a car payment, $350 to the federal government for a student loan for a degree that frankly, I didn't even get. If I got it, I wouldn't even be using it. What's the point? And various you know, credit card bills and, you know, things like that. That's your debt. Your debt adds up quickly. I can put $1,200 in debt on the table right now a month. That's a mortgage payment. Yeah. That's a mortgage payment on a house with land with 20% down. So in order to get it the right way, the way our parents used to do it, we talk about tradition, we talk about ritual, get it paid off, get it paid off, get the monkey off your back as soon as possible and really understand what it's like to earn a paycheck instead of, well, I made this much and I worked this much overtime, so I've got $200 left over after I pay off all my debt. No, guess what? If you're making this much money, say you make $2,500 every two weeks, $2,500 is yours to use. You want to buy $2,500 in gummy bears, go do it. Enjoy whatever you're going to do with that much, that many gummy bears. Right. But if you're going to go out, you know, and it's crazy to watch that money just pile up, pile up and pile up real slowly. It's like chopping firewood. You exactly. Know? Yeah. You're not, you're not going to cut a cord of firewood in, in five minutes. You're not going to save a million dollars in a week. Uh, some people can, you know, again. There's certain foundations out in the political spectrum right now that can do that. But the the fact of the matter is, is if you're working a middle class job and you want to strive for more, you have to get rid of your debt. Yes. Yeah. I made it a point. I When I talked to somebody recently that I'm getting them involved in the same plan that we're on, I made sure I brought $700 in cash with me. We sat down, we were at a hotel and he's like, ah, you know, I know, but I, I like my boat. I like my car. I like my Harley. You know, I make enough money. It's fine. I said, I'll tell you what. And I reached in my wallet and I pulled out $700 in cash. What would you say if I handed this to you right now? I said, I would wonder why you're doing that. I said, you could keep this money if you don't owe to the people you're borrowing from, it's nothing. You yeah. think a fifty thousand dollar student loan is a drop in the bucket to the federal government, and the people that are making money off of it don't care so long as that payment gets made. And even then, sometimes it doesn't matter if those payments get made or not. You can ask Cappy about that. You can ask Aaron Clary about it. You can ask anybody that's had any previous. I say that because if you could ask anybody who's had any previous knowledge about 
2008, the housing crash, the financial markets, all that stuff. And I'm not going to go Alex Jones on you and get all fatalist about the student loan bubble, but there's a lot of money in that. Oh, yeah, there's a ton. And those people don't care who you are, what you did, what your degree stands for. Pay me. Yeah. Pay me. And you can't, so, uh, you can't bankrupt <clears throat> that out. I mean, that is, that is with you. You know, you're, that, you're, you're stuck with it, you know? Yep. There are, there are federal regulations in place that stays with you, that stays with your kids, that stays – I mean, it's, it's, it's there. It's not going anywhere. It's the worst tattoo that you can have. And anybody that you know that has student loan debt after 2000 – I'll be generous after 2000. You tell me if they think their degree was worth it, if they're making under $150,000 a year. I work a blue collar job. I'm a firefighter. My degree is in sound engineering. Audio. I'm a guy at a concert. I'm a guy at a concert that makes Beyonce and Justin Bieber sound good. And even then, that's like that. That's being in the NBA of, you know, that. Or my podcast sound good. (laughs) Right. There you go. Exactly. So, and I, Look, I, that's the thing. I would do that too as a hobby, but right now I don't have the space to do it. Yep. However, once that, once that place comes into play and once we're, once we have the space to do that, I'll be able to edit, I'll be able to mix and I'll be able to record and I'll be able to do all that stuff and we can really put out some good content, you know, yeah. like really good quality stuff that, you know, so just consider the fact that if you, if you have the debt, it is slowing you down. Even if it's a, $2,000 credit card. Oh yeah. It's, it's slowing you down What's because up? if you're in, if your income's there and you have to give some of it away to somebody that you're not, it's not benefiting you because you're already in the hole, you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't agree with, um, there's been people that have said, of, Oh, well, we'll just, we're using that money. We're using that debt and it just, it doesn't work, you know, and it doesn't work for you. And it, it is like a boat anchor that you continually throw out and get snagged on the weeds and snagged on the junk underwater, you know, and it's uh, it slows you down. And we, we have a friend um, who is 40, and he has paid off for a year and a half. He's had his house paid off, you know, and that's how unusual is that. But it frees you up. It gives you degrees of freedom. I mean, imagine you're working your job right now, and you don't have to pay a car payment or a mortgage. It's amazing what you can do. And if something happens at your job, uh, maybe you get laid off. Maybe the maybe the company goes to uh, to Mexico or something. You could you could survive, you know, because you don't have those two um, huge pieces of debt hold, over your head. You can make moves and you can survive, you know. But if you've got to pay two thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars in house and mortgage, you're toast. You know, that's a that's a serious job you got to get to to fill in that that gap. And that's what we ran into in Illinois. We we couldn't with a shaky job market. It just, it's, it's a lot of stress, really a lot of stress. While you were talking, I looked up at the median sales price here in the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Year-to-date, it is $233,000 is the median sales price. Yep. Um, it's just, that's a lot of money. You know, it's a lot of money for a small yard and a, a small house and in a, in a suburb area or even downtown. You know, it's just, it's a, that's a lot of money. And, and there's demand in that range, 190000 to 250000 That is the hottest range right now. So, right. Um, right. you know, you're going to run into competition there, too. So it's tough, you know? Well, you're, you're looking at something that has been uh, – you talked about numbers earlier. Uh, you're looking at people that have 
analyzed those numbers and they're able to estimate and push certain homes and the way that they're going in that price range because they know what people are going to be looking to spend. Yep. And the only way, I mean, my aunt and uncle, they had a big six bedroom, four bathroom house with a pool and it was their dream house and this and that. And they were getting just slaughtered on it. I mean, the, the, the loan that they got and everything that they got was just, oh, it was just awful. They, uh, they end up selling the house to a couple. They make money off of it and use that money to pay 40% down. Their mortgage on a house that's considerably smaller, their kids have all left and gone to college. They got it on an acre and a half. They got a full garage. I mean, like a full shop. My uncle now does woodworking in addition to his other job. Nice. And their mortgage is $500 a month. Oh, yeah. For a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house. 500 bucks a month. And they're, they're, they're like, we're fine. They're not. And they're not. Their kids are gone away to college, like I said. But they're in their early forties, they got started early. They got everything paid off. And I asked them what they did. And they said they did, they did the financial peace classes and they actually talked to one of the advisors and said, you know what? Sell the house, make some money, Yeah. get into something smaller. The kids are going to be gone. You know, they'll find bedrooms. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So that's true. And that's exactly. And we want to set up, we want to set it up. So we've got, like I said, land is uh we can use that for gardening we can do some recreating on it but there's other ways too maybe that isn't your dream maybe that maybe you don't want that um right. you can find duplexes you know and if you buy a duplex uh give you a case study uh, my brother he had a duplex and and he rented out half of it he owned the whole building he was paying like 300 bucks a month out of his pocket um and he was working a professional job and the 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 place was cash flowing, you know, the, the money that the renters paid, paid everything else, paid the mortgage pretty much and, and utilities. So if you do it right, there's ways to go. And that's the way my parents, my grandparents, um, made their money is they own property. They had renters and they did it. Now you have to be a special person to do that kind of stuff. Cause you got to deal with a lot of stuff, you know, broken toilet in the night or whatever, oh, yeah. leaks in the water heater or whatever. But you know, there, there are different ways to go at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's ways around, you know, there's, there's, there's a million ways to skin a cat, but if you owe on the knife that you're going to skin that cat with, you're going to have a hard time. Yep. I'm telling you, it's uh, the, the biggest thing for me right now is payday, every single payday. And that payday gets my, my paycheck gets obliterated because I have everything budgeted out and it just goes, it comes in and it goes out. And I don't even, I, I don't, I don't even see the money. Like I have a, I have a cash, I have a cash flow and I keep cash on me, but all that stuff, like I've already got it planned out and I'm at the point now where, where, I'm, where I'm making double payments yeah. on everything. Yep. And, and it's funny to hear the reaction of people and they say, you know, they try to be kind and they try to, they try to be professional and what they're actually getting at is, you know, well, why are you paying this off? You know, make it, make it $1,200 worth of car payments in a month because you've budgeted your money and you're, you know, living on chicken and vegetables for a while until you can afford to buy the house to get the land, to get the cow, to slaughter the cow, to put the cow in the freezer and cook up steaks. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's like Dave Ramsey says, you're eating eating rice and beans and beans and rice and you're just uh staying on plan on task and and you're gonna live like nobody else so later you can live 
like nobody else. You know, you're making your sacrifices yeah. out up front, just like losing weight. What's you pick your hard, you know, you want to work out hard or you want to, you know, or have a heart attack and sit in the hospital bed someday, you know, like right. pick your heart. Right. Yeah. The things, the things, the things you do now, it, the things you do now will either benefit or harm your future. Choose wisely. Yeah. You know, the, the gym can be an addiction or cocaine can be an addiction. Simply put. I mean, I, I wish, um, you know, the hindsight is always twenty twenty. I wish I would have figured some of this out a few years ago, but you know, we've made, we figured it out now <laughs> and we're going to work with what we got now, you know, and we got the plan and we're moving forward. I think, uh, you know, it, it takes time sometimes to figure that out. And another thing about the budgeting thing, we've felt this way too. When you have that budget, it feels like you're forever poor, you know, because all your money gets set to different things. You know, I've got my, I'm paying for gas for my car. I'm paying for maintenance for the car. I'm paying for the all the utilities and the rent or the mortgage. And I'm paying for school stuff or I'm paying for groceries. And it feels like you're forever poor, but you're just telling the money where to go. It's not that you're poor. It's just, it's got allotments. It's going to the envelopes. It's going to the right categories. And I tell you what, when you have a car problem and you need maintenance and you bring it into the shop and you actually open up that envelope and you've got money. I mean, the first time I paid the guy cash, it was like, well, I didn't have to put this on a credit card. Here's cash. Take the cash. Here you go. Car fixed. Paid the cash. Let's start building up that fund again. It was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, it does take discipline and focus. It, you know what? It truly does. But when you like you, we, we talk about the thousand dollars, right? We talk about that thousand dollars. Um, when you when you when you're working towards it, it feels good. When you have it, it feels even better. Yep. But when you need it, it's a lifesaver. Yeah. Alternator, uh, tires, brakes, whatever, go out in your car. First of all, get a set of tools. Get on YouTube. Try to learn how to fix that stuff yourself. Second of all, if you have that money, no big deal. Spend it. Use it for that. And Keep the cash around. Back up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I know this sounds like we're just pitching for the Dave Ramsey show, but this stuff actually works because when you write that budget out and you realize how much money you are spending on complete and useless garbage, you will realize how much you could be, how much faster you could be moving towards your goals. Everybody's dreaming. There's a commercial that's on TV and I can't even remember I can't even remember what the commercial's for, but it's got Aerosmith's Dream On. It's got a bunch of blue-collar workers oh, yeah. and athletes and all that stuff. Yep. And Dream On's playing in the background. Everybody's dreaming of their goals. If you have debt, it's a bank. you're not going to achieve it. It's, you're not going to achieve a, it. It's either farmer's insurance or a bank that they're going to help you achieve your goal. You do the dreaming, we'll provide the cash on credit I, card. You know how, how ironic. It's like they're spitting in your face and using one of the greatest rock songs of all time. It's... <laughs> that debt is keeping you from doing what you want to do. Your job is your key to making goals achievable and the debt is merely slowing you down. Yep. Think about how quickly somebody you and we've had the discussion, you know how much money I make, you know how much overtime I work. How quickly could I save up for a down payment on a house? I'm talking let's let's go big. Let's go half a million dollar house, right? 20% is what? Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. 
how quickly could I save $100,000 for a down payment on a house, a nice house, if I had no debt? I mean, working the same overtime I am, I've got a goal, I'm pushing towards it, I want to get it done. Oh, no, but that new Ford F-150 FX4 looks really nice, I should probably get that. It's a $50,000 truck. Probably not. Probably shouldn't get that because it's holding you back. Why not go buy an old truck that you can work on, that you can learn how to fix things on? You can get to know. You can modify it, do whatever you want to it, and keep something classic. Keep something well-made. Right. Throw some leather seats in there. Find some old leather seats and throw some leather seats in there. There's something to be said about that. And and I get it. Some people love the lap of luxury. They love that life. They love the fancy stuff. They love the Gucci and the Maseratis and all that stuff. I see them all the time. Great. Good for you. I would love to drive a Maserati. Maybe at some point in my life I will. But I'd also like to know that I got to where I am because I put in the hard work. And when I drive out to that compound after – my shift that's it I'm out yep. of the traffic i'm away from the people yep i'm i'm relaxed i can have a cup of coffee and go out and work the soil mm-hmm. pick some pick some veggies you know uh and and just run a business right that's it right you know yep no i totally i'm totally with you on that i mean we're right in the flight path here in the twin cities and it's every two minutes you know on a, on a sunday morning it can be every two minutes we got to plane zipping in overhead and it's just like oh geez are you kidding me you know and in some neighborhoods to our uh, to our east have it where the planes are, seem to be at treetop level it's just it's insanity right and uh, just to get some peace and quiet that's that's what i'm looking for you know and there's something to be said about yeah doing that stuff yourself you know you've got that truck or at least calling in a buddy you know to help out if, if you can't figure it out that's it's part of the, going back to that community thing again so it's cool yeah, and you know, today, uh, one of the few days off that I've actually gotten in the last little while. Again, trying to just hammer this debt out. It's written on my on a on a sheet of paper, and it's tacked to my bathroom wall. So every morning I get up, and it reminds me when I go to work why I'm going to work. You know, mm-hmm. look at it. Fed loan servicing for fifty thousand dollars. I look at it and realize what a waste of time it was, and it's like it's it's my enemy. At this point, you know, I've made it personal. I've made it a ritual. Let's put it that way. And I'm, I'm st- I guess you could say that I haven't really fully understood the gravity of the situation when I will be able to pay this off. But to get out of that city, to drive out, we went out to a winery this morning mm-hmm. and went to a farm, talked to the owner, talked to the uh, head farmer and had a long conversation with him. The winery and the farm are just kind of together. So Mm -hmm. it's two separate businesses. And the guy came from a little bit of money, but the money he used uh, was to buy the land and the house. And he started farming vegetables and they've branched out and started doing different things at the farm. They do farm tours. They they got great cheeses, sausages, um, steaks are great, all kinds of stuff, you know? And, just the idea of having a conversation with him and saying like, Hey, I've, I really want to do this. He's like, Hey man, here's my cell phone number. Come on out whenever you want. And you can shadow me. He goes, not a lot of people have an interest in this. They just come out and think that this is a special thing to go out to a farm. How many years ago was it that people actually used to live that way? Yeah. I know families that still do. Mm-hmm. 
I know multimillionaire families where I'm from that are dairy farmers. Normal way of life for them. They don't ever really have to leave the area. Some of them have jobs. Some of them do what they do, but they don't have to leave the area because they, why? We have everything we need. We don't have to go to a big city. You know, the, 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 you see all those, it's, I mean, it's election season and you see all those maps of red versus blue Yep. yep. and the red areas and the blue areas and the concentration of people in the blue areas greatly outweighs the people in the red areas. And of course I'm summarizing all this, but if you think about it, and I live in the, one of the most crowded, if not the most crowded areas in the United States. Eastern Corridor. You can look it up. It's oh, like yeah. a super corridor from it is a super corridor from uh, if, Boston all the way down. You know, it's yeah, it's Boston crazy. to DC. Yeah. yeah, and it's completely true. Yeah, I mean, forget about it. if you have to drive from the south end of the county that I work in to the north end of the county at 5 p.m. It is going to take you two hours to get home to travel 40 miles. It's going to take you two hours. Chicago was the same way, just crowded, and that's from Gary or actually almost the Michigan border all the way up into Milwaukee, pretty much, you know, that's right. And all the way out to Rochelle in the West. It's just crazy madness, busy, you know? Yeah. 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 And you know, God forbid there's a snowstorm. Oh God. Yeah. You know, and it's just the way things are and people just accept it. And you just, you just accept And I mean, it goes back to the death thing. Ah, It's just traffic. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I get it. Get away from it. Yeah. Uh, it's just a car payment. You have those your whole life. No, 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 no. Sorry, amigo. Not going to happen. I, I've made the decision to never have another car payment in my entire life. Hmm. There you go. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. 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 That's one area that we still go back and forth because I'm not the most mechanically inclined guy, but you know, I know people who, people who are and, uh, right. Yeah, that's just not one of my strengths. <laughs> well, hey, look, you know, it, and this goes back to the original topic, and you talked to Drew about this earlier from what I gather. Let's talk about the community. Yeah. I happen to have a guy that I work with. He's training me to be a driver of a fire engine. Coolest cool. job in the world, by the way. Um, Scary as heck but, in a crowded area like you're talking about, though. <laughs> Holy smokes. I oh, couldn't it's imagine, a, you know? Patience is a virtue, my friend. Um, so he used to be, and still actually still is, but he used to be an employed ASE certified mechanic. All those guys you see at all the dealerships and the, you know, all that stuff. Um, and knows his way around a car. And I think we've talked about this um, just kind of off the cuff at one point. But, you know, a lot of states have like safety inspections every year oh, yeah. and you have to have emissions and all that stuff. Yep. So, yep. um, I had, I had to replace a belt, the serpentine belt, and I had to replace the motor mount on my car. I talked to a guy, a guy at the, the tire shop that I go to, you know, a pretty trusted guy. They got good deals on tires from what I gather. And I talked to him and, you know, he says, well, we can't pass you for the safety inspection because your motor mount and your drive belt is done. I got a quote. It was going to cost me around 600 bucks to do both. Yikes. Right. Same shopping center, four stores down. It's an auto parts store. So I go over there and I look and I was like, Hey, can I get the parts um, that need to be replaced? Can I get a picture or take a look at them? He says, well, yeah, we can do that for you. So the guy pointed them out. It was a serpentine belt and a, it's called a dog bone motor mount. 
Okay. And this guy was going to charge me $400 to put this motor mount in, right? I went to my buddy that is training me. And I said, hey, man, um, how do you feel about maybe doing a little trade? I'll help you do some stuff around your place, and uh, you can help me fix my car. He's like, well, what needs to be fixed on your car? So I go out and I show him. And he goes, dude, are you serious? He's like, look, go open up that box. I bought the parts, the parts together. The belt was 20 bucks. The mount was 45 bucks, $65. I have a hundred dollar socket set that I bought at Costco one day on a whim. I keep it in my car. It's great. It's great. It's a great socket set. I need a better socket set. (laughs) I'm telling you hundred bucks. Done deal. Um, so he's like, Oh yeah, let's do it. So he's like, look at the videos on YouTube, and then I'll walk you through it. So you get an idea of what we're doing. We'll do the belt first, do the motor mount second. No sweat. We'll get it done. We'll have it done in an hour. So we draw the diagram. We do the thing. We get everything replaced. And you, I'll, I'll even tack on the 100 bucks for the socket set, even though that thing's paid for itself multiple times over. Spent 165 I'll round it up to $200. I save $400 by actually taking the time. And fixing that stuff, spending a Sunday. It doesn't take much. My point is it doesn't take much to get your buddy, you know, if you've got friends that are mechanically inclined, YouTube, your buddies, six-pack of beer, some tools, whatever. Get out. Go get dirty. Lay on the driveway. Get in the sun. You know, have a good time. And fix the car because when you walk away from it, you'll be like, yeah, you know what? And we changed the oil while we were at it too so we don't have to do that for another 5,000 miles. Nice. That's awesome. It's. I mean – and oil change is 30 bucks. Oh, yeah, it absolutely you know? is. Or 35 these days. Just depending yeah. on where you go. Yeah. And yeah. you might be lucky if they uh, if they put the plug in right. We had a problem with the with the Jiffy Lube where they didn't do that correctly. And we're leaking oil all over the place, you know. I mean, jeez. Really? This is all you have to do, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's, you know, it is what it is. It's business. They, 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 they make their business by helping people that can't help themselves. And that's fine. I get that. But if you are an able bodied man, the meaning, if you can lift over 75 pounds, if you can use a, a jack, if you can turn your arm enough to turn a socket, if you have, you know, no, and even then some people can do it with some sort of deficit, but if you're able to do it, and you're willing to pay the money because you don't have the time, that's on you. I got nothing for you. But give it a shot, and you'll see how easy it is, and you'll be able to learn things about this car that you have. That's why I say go go buy an old truck. Go buy – you know, I, I don't care what you consider old. I'm looking at like older Broncos and stuff that I can just work on. Sure. But you know, those things are indestructible. There's, there's Broncos from the 80s with – 300 400,000 miles on them that have had things rebuilt, redone, the seals replaced, the belts replaced, all that stuff, fuel lines flushed out. Those things are great, you know? And we're talking 30 years here that these cars have been active. Well, now look at cars now, a lot of computers, a lot of things oh, that can yeah. go wrong with them. You know, and it takes a certain you're getting roped into a lot of creature comforts that get you roped into working with the dealer. Well, the dealer is pretty expensive. So if one was so, you know, one had the drive, grab your computer, use that, use that YouTube. And I guarantee no matter what make or model you have, 
you can find a way to fix it. I replaced my car, got broken into four years ago, and I replaced the window. It was a power window. The guy at the dealership said he would charge me two seventy five to replace wow. the window and put it back on the track. It was ten screws for the door panel. Slide the window in onto slide the glass in onto the track with the sure. frame. Make sure it's snapped into place like Legos, and then make sure that it goes up and down. Hmm. There you go, brother. Nice. $300. Ridiculous. Anyways, so yeah. build that community. Build that tribe. If you've got a car guy, use the car guy, you know? Well, I think um, I think part of this is um, what we're talking about building that community, too. Again, it comes back to um, it's either gifts or it's barter, you know, where – uh, not everything needs payment. You know, I'm just going to come over and help you out. You know, I'm going to help you build your deck or I'm going to help you, you know, weed your garden or plant it or whatever. Or barter. Hey, I've got these chicken eggs. I want, what do you got? You know, or something like that. So, right. Um, but you build that community and suddenly you build that network and you can start to do some stuff. You know what I mean? Right. right. It's, it's back to that force multiplier concept again too, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... With with everybody that knows how to do something, everything can get accomplished. Right. Exactly. It's we've 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 become we've become and you can teach too. That's the thing. Oh yeah. You you can teach. I, I sort of have and I'll kinda of keep a lid on it for now, but I sort of have this business idea that's gonna involve some education for things like this. And you can teach people to do this and they can learn. They can learn from the people that already know that it's a way of life for them. And the ability to handle that on your own is a, a very, very powerful thing. If you can change a tire, you get a flat tire on the side of the road, you're running late for work. Most people would panic, end up being three hours late to work. If you know what you're doing, you can have that thing done in 20 minutes. You might be five, 10 minutes late to work, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just some, you know, these the, the things that are, lost along the way and if you've ever read or listened to the book world war z there's something in the book about the real people that were needed once this and i'm not saying there's going to be a zombie apocalypse it's just an example um the real people that are going to be needed during the times like this the zombie apocalypse aren't going to be politicians they're not going to be the bankers or the you know the student loan guarantors it's going to be the plumbers the electricians the mechanical engineers the you know the woodworkers the farmers yeah and there was a point in the book if you haven't read the book um you know humanity in the united states is essentially pushed to the west coast and they build a line at at uh, the rocky mountains or maybe a little further west but uh at that point they decided to fight and they realized that they needed skills to turn the tide and so you the vision is this big open room with all these professionals, white collar professionals sitting in there, and they brought up the the mechanics, they brought up the maids, they brought up the people that made life work for all the white collar folks, and they were basically teaching them how to break down and build stuff, you know, make stuff work, and and uh, uh, it was really an interesting part of that uh, of that book, and uh, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, I got that, you know, people with skills, you need to have those skills, you know, all right. Skills to do something, grow food, uh, preserve it, or, you know, fix your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and we'll go back to that show, The Colony. 
Uh, they come up. I mean, obviously, reality TV is pretty pretty well scripted at this point. Oh, yeah. Spoiler Absolutely. alert for everybody. <laughs> um, oh, really? No, get out. Yeah, of here. <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding me. I thought it yeah. was real. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to sorry to ruin everybody's fun, but I, you know that show, The Colony. There was a guy on there who was he was a distiller. He's a home brewer and distiller. So he takes, um, gosh, what did he take? They had some grain or something that were that that they weren't using or something like that and he ended up building a still and yeah. making fuel to power a old beat up plane like a like a jet plane or plane engine to power this boat this well, uh, they made an airboat out of it using yeah. um with uh biochar or uh ethanol you know yeah 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 so so there's so there's one i mean you know, just uh, just and obviously it was set up, but at the same time, you know, how many people do you know that distill liquor? How many people do you know that homebrew? How many people do you know that that make mead and are already doing this? And how can you learn from that? How can you learn from that tribe? How can you learn from those people? Right. Do you know how to do you know how to skin a deer? I mean, I, we might have vegetarian listeners on the pod, podcast and. They, that may not be something that they want to do, but do you know how to process that stuff? Yeah. Do you know how to process vegetables? Do you know, you know, it, yep. it's gotta, it's gotta happen. Your tribe can help you build that. So it's exactly. You know. And, and you can, um, yeah, again, go back to barter. Maybe, maybe you bring the deer in and give a quarter of it to the butcher, you know, or, or something like that or learn, but you got to get the right tools too. Like, right. like you said, getting the right tools, the, the right socket wrench and the kit and the two and the parts, you know, you gotta, you gotta have the right tools. And like I'm doing this podcast with new stuff and it's going to make my job easier on the processing end to get more content up more in a t- more timely fashion. So that's the only good. Right. Right. right school, right skills, right tools and get motivated and go do it. Go, go kill yeah, it. You got, bring it home, skin it and eat it. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta have the right stuff. You yep. Know? That's exactly. what you get at. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cool, brother. I think uh, I think this one's going to go over an hour, which is cool. I'm, I've got no yeah. problem with that. Do you want to keep going, yeah. or do you want to close this one up? We can save topics for the next update in the in the near future. What do you want to do? Um, so, the the one thing I wanted to mention is that the it, condo to compound has been pretty quiet lately, and that's because we've been trying to debate on which way we're going to go with oh, yeah. things. It might be a little quiet from now on um, sure. until we. Until we get some plans up and I, I just I want to deliver some content other than just me rambling. So um as this debt this debt reduction and elimination process goes on, I'll be posting sporadically to give you guys an update of, you know, hey, this is this is where we're at, this is what I'm I'm doing, you know, and I I'll I'll go on there every great once in a while and just check um check up and see what i got um it, it, the, the updates are really going to come once we buy the house and yep. you see the land and we get a layout and we start to look at soil consistency and where the outbuilding is going to go and how we're starting our business and what we're going to be doing because mm-hmm. as it grows step by step it's going to be a real interesting process this, right now i don't make, mean to make it sound like we're in a holding pattern but we are definitely in because we're moving forward, but we're definitely in a holding pattern as far as like people want that home and garden network. Yep. Like, oh, hey, we bought a, you know, 
$400,000 plot of land with a house on it in 30 minutes, you know, and it's definitely, it is definitely not that process for 95% of the, the country at this point. Yeah. So, well, and I know you're a busy guy working a lot of overtime and all that kind of stuff. And, and like we talked about before too, I mean, there's other, other ways to attack it. Um, you know, if you need ghostwriting or something, let me know. Um, there's other things, the other subjects with that that we can start to tackle too, you know. Um, but it's all it's it's in your court, my friend. It is your blog. So uh, oh yeah. But yep. small scale life, we're moving forward with all kinds of. I got a lot of plans for this winter. It's going to be a pretty productive winter, I think. And oh yeah. And uh, you know, it, it's all good. And and I I will uh, definitely keep you on the show. There's stuff that we we've talked about that that we want to talk about on the podcast and everything. Um, you know, how do you dress wounds if you're out? in the field or something or, or if something's going on or, or, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that we can, we can start talking about, you know, and, and do on the podcast. So yeah, I like yeah. having you on. You're a good man. Yeah. So. I'll, anytime, man. We'll, and we start partnering for projects and stuff and it'll be, Oh, there's going to be some stuff coming, my brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can't uh, wait. You know, the, um, I've got a job lined up here. Um, this spring, uh, I'm going to be building a new uh, garden for my mom up north, and it's basically I'm moving all my stuff up there, but I'm going to be experimenting with some automatic watering techniques and and uh, trying to get her up and running because what she's got right now is going to be dangerous. I mean, she's she's not a young chicken anymore, and and hopping over you know plants and not trying to squish stuff. It's just you got to get a little different system set up. So. Um, I'm going to be testing stuff out, so when I get to where I'm going and start gardening in the ground, I'm going to have some stuff worked out. So um, it'll be cool. It's it's all going to be a work in progress. There's going to be a lot of content with that as well, you know, because it's basically building from the ground up, from soil to beds to trellis to watering system to hooking up the pump and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be fun. I will I will be happy to use a portion if not all of my land as a case study for the techniques oh yeah i know you will <laughs> we've talked about that brother oh yeah <laughs> i'm coming <laughs> yeah yep. it's gonna be great yeah and you know um you know in land is valuable um you know we've uh we were lucky we got some uh some property from my grandma before she passed away and and uh we've got trees on it and we just had some logged off and it's uh that's why i have new podcast equipment is um uh, you know land is valuable there is there's value in it and uh you know you can do a lot with a little bit of land and uh you know think about that as you move forward in in your own life you know yep yep so and it doesn't and as curtis stone has showed us it doesn't take a ton of land to make it pretty uh pretty exciting too so <laughs> yeah. Cool, my brother. Yeah. This has been well, fun. yeah, man. It's yeah, it's been a good time. It's very been a good, good time. Very good. So, well, thanks yeah. for being on the show, Mr. J. I will let yeah. you get on with your evening, and I will start process. I got two podcasts now to put on the on the on the site, and uh, all gearing up for the big uh, one year birthday of the Small Scale Life blog. We're coming up to the one year birthday for the Small Scale Life podcast. We'll we'll have to do another uh, July, January first one or second one again. Um, that'll be fun, and I might be way up north, so we'll have, we might have to pre-record that. Just wink <laughs> nudge, so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll be a good time. Cool, my brother. Well, thank you again, Jay. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Cool, my pleasure. All right, thank you all for listening to Small Scale Life. Remember, continue to learn, do, 
and grow. And we'll catch you next time on Small Scale Life Podcast.